Hey, this is Shannon. Sorry, I missed your call. Give me a little bit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hello. Yeah, I forgot about that there. I th- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, I would. Found out how much I really enjoyed parking. Nuh-uh. Is that for real? True. Let's pretend like that didn't happen. What do I know? In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Hey everybody, welcome back to Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Okay, have you ever wondered how Brian the Carpenter got his name? Buckle up, because that's right, he's joining us, and we're about to find out the answer to the million dollar question everyone is wondering. All right, are you ready? Let's get him dialed in here. Hey, what's up, Michelle? Yo, boss, what's going on? What's cracking? <laughs> Not a whole lot here, just enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, what a day, what a day. Yeah, how's the weather been there? Is it warming up in the north? It touched 70 degrees today. What? 70 degrees? Yeah. Dude, 70 degrees. that's like yeah. getting a tan weather up there. I'm telling you. It was 85 here today. I won't rub it in. I kind of have a sunburn. Where are you living? North Carolina. Oh, I like I like Carolina. Yeah, Lake Norman. So it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Apparently the fishing's on fire here. I don't know. I don't get yeah. out much, but that's what I've been told. Social right. media told me that since yeah. we have to social distance. Right. So. How's the connection? What's that? How's our connection? <laughs> pretty good can you hear me okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah. are we are we recording or yeah i just edit oh. i just edit shit out like i'll probably edit parts of this out <laughs> right I'm st- yeah That's still like learning. That i'm not as good as you oh shit i'm still learning You're i don't know if we saw the last show it was freaking awful was i don't terrible. worry i mean i personally for me, you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff because I just am like, I just like the content. Yeah. So even if like the audio is a little scratchy or whatever, like I'll just, I make the adjustments on my end so I can still hear it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You if it's too annoying, I'm out. Yeah. Okay. Well. I, haven't, I haven't listened back to it because I don't want to get pissed off. I mean, I guess I was a nanny for almost 10 years, but it wasn't as bad as you think it is. You were a what for 10 years? A nanny. Oh. You know. What does that got to do with it? I'm just saying, people that deal with kids can deal with a lot of annoying things. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. My adult children are just Uh, as bad half the time. It's not that bad. Yeah. It is what it is. There's a couple problem children there problem children they like flock to me i don't even know what it is it's like a bad bad jujus or something i got i got i got the short straw (laughs) yeah you got watson (laughs) 
I love him. He needs a lot of help. Just just needs some help. Yeah. So <sighs> worldwide. Sometimes I regret that Cody Meyer gave him that name and I'm I made it a little bit too much. I'm like, how do you his head? Yeah, like how do you take that back? I don't think you can take that back. Like you just have to just got to roll with it. Got to roll with it. Keep them humble. Bop them on the head when they need it the most. So, right. All right. Well, chat with me. I know we kind of already have talked about your story, um, but let's let's talk about it again. What I did on my summer vacation by Brian Stockel. <laughs> yes, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, at least. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were you then? 1992. Think about it. Where was I? In, where yeah. was I in 1992? Just a random, random year. But where were I you? was? Uh, two years out of high school. Working. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, doing probably doing probably doing tile, working for uh, defoliation installations, doing tile work, and learning the tile business, and did that for a handful of years until I got tired of just doing tile every single day and then uh went and started doing uh carpentry hanging cabinets and that kind of stuff which i had already been doing like right. during school so anyhow what do you like better hanging uh, out, hanging cabinets, no, I, doing tile. i don't like any of it right now <laughs> i'm tired of all of it but uh uh uh, I'm really tired of tile. Yeah, that's a tough one. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm over it. Done it. <laughs> Been there, done that. Moving on. It hurts. Hurts the body. Oh, I can imagine. So, I can yeah. imagine. Okay, but for real, let's talk about it. All right, let's talk. You were, you were born, born. I was. Born with fishing in your head. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Okay, so when, when let's, how do I want to start this for you? Because I know there's so many different areas I can take it to. You were you were born. Let's start there. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were born. I was, I was born in a in an ambulance in a blizzard. In the blizzard of February 1972. The ambulance didn't make it to the hospital, or I didn't wait. Uh, I was born in the parking lot of the hospital in the ambulance. Nuh-uh. Is that for real? True. True? That's what I'm told. That's what I'm told. I, I don't really remember it, but <laughs> that's what I am told. That's like my uncle being born in the toilet. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's some real <laughs> creepy things for your mom. Like, that's and, like... Yeah, what, what, traumatizing. Well, yeah. Well, I want to know about this uncle. <laughs> That's what we've been told. He says he doesn't remember it, but we've been. My cousins and I have been talking about it for years. Uncle Roger was born in a toilet. Like, oh my God, where, 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 where do you live? Dearborn, Michigan. Nineteen fifty <laughs> something. Fifty. Wow. Nineteen fifty. Fifty-two. Uh, Whoops! I think I had the baby. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, he's oh like, no, God. I wasn't. And we're always like, yeah, Roger, that's the story. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, it's definitely the story. <laughs> yeah, like, that is definitely the story. Yeah, interesting. Wow. Okay, so you were born in the back of an ambulance. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's, shout out that's, to your mom. Like, that's. Shout out, yeah, and, and the ambulance people and and all that. Yeah. Yes. I'm here. You are here. So, Yep. <laughs> Thankfully. We're in an we we love that you're here. So then you grew you went to school. Talk, Did. Like talk about when you started fishing. So you want to get into Yeah, so I'll talk I don't about what I can, talk about. Yeah, I don't know if I can pinpoint like exactly the first time I ever went fishing. Um but I know my mom had taken me and my mom raised us, you know, single mom. So I can remember when I was really, really little, a couple of times going away down to the shore and my mom taking me down to the, to the, um, to the pier to, to go crabbing and fishing. And that's all I ever wanted to do. Like, you know, that's, that's once we were there, that's where I needed to be. And, um, and I just remember always being drawn to the water. Always that that's where I need to be. It's what I wanted to do. If we went walking, there's a lake. I had to go to the lake and turn over rocks and, try to catch frogs and turtles, you know, that was just, you know, just kind of drawn to that. Um, so, you know, and the only reason I like bring up, bring it up that way is like, I know in today's age, you got YouTube and you got these really popular and influence, influential YouTubers that get kids into fishing. You got my buddy Ike, who's through all his work with the Ike Foundation and everything else that he does, and the guy that stands the longest in line after every weigh-in or every event signing autographs, especially for kids. He's gotten so many kids so pumped up for fishing. And the fact that he acts like a kid. They they, 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 they identify with him a lot better, uh-huh. you know, and he's gotten so many into fishing. And I always just kind of self-reflected, like, yeah, there was nobody that got me into it. I was just born with it. You know, that was just, you know, my mom had taken me, but I think it was just something that we, you know, was born in me, and um, yeah. So that's again, it's like it's kind of how I perceive that. I think some people are just born like that. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. I agree about that. Um, and as you got a little bit older, you still liked fishing, but it was embarrassing to fish. <laughs> uh, well, well, so all right, so yeah. Uh, me down that road, I'll keep going. Yeah. So, sixth, sixth grade, um, uh, we all, you know, in my town, we all went to the, the middle school was sixth grade. That's where, that's where I ran it, you know, where I met Ike for the first time. And um, I don't know how we figured it out, but we figured out we both liked the fish. And it was myself, Mike, uh, my, our buddy Tom. And another guy, Dave, who's actually on the show, Dave Brodzik. And I don't know if you got to meet him at the Classic this year, Michelle, but Dave was there for his first time. The Storm that was Trooper. his first time ever at the Classic? That is correct. Wow. Yeah, he's That's hard awesome. to get out of the house sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so the four of us um, all, you know, and I, I had already known Dave and Tom because we went to a different uh, grade school or we went to the same grade school. Mike went to a different one, but middle school, we all met up. We all found out that, you know, that, that we fishing was our thing. We, we all loved to fish. And, 
and uh, we also played hockey. So we kind of had those two, those two things in common and, and uh, became real good friends and, you know, started going out fishing together. And, you know, back then it was either you're riding your bike somewhere, you know, we had a crappy little lake in town that we would, we would go to or, or down to uh barrier beach and, and catfish or, or, um, catch eels, catfish, whatever's, whatever's out there fighting. It's a tributary to the Delaware. Um, or we would get our, our, our mom to, you know, and it's funny, we were all, uh, me, Dave and Mike all pretty much raised by single moms. So it was, a uh, you know, and they all worked nine to five, 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So the matter of getting one mom to drop us off and another mom to pick us up. And that was kind of the, the kind of the deal we ran. And, and, uh, I couldn't, I can't even imagine you know, what these ladies did for us. It was, it was incredible. I mean, working all week and then they got to come home and, and, and they, we had them driving us like 25, 30 minutes away, like really pretty far. I know my wife wouldn't do that (laughs) for these kids. Hell no. (laughs) Uh, uh, And, and drop us off with no cell phones, no pagers, no, no, GPS, no nothing. And we're talking about 14, 15, 16 years old, dropping us off 25 minutes away. That's a lot of towns away in New Jersey. Yeah, That's your mom's pretty brave for that, considering Ted Bundy it was, just, was like a thing right, be- it, right before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, there were just different times, you know, we oh, weren't, yeah. we weren't as petrified or on lockdown as we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but anyhow, uh, yeah, and they would, and they'd drop us off, and one would drop us off at four, and the other one would come pick us up at seven or eight or whatever. We would just be there all day, and we'd get in their cars full of mud because we're out there, you know, with beat-up, uh, you know, sneakers on, wading in the water up to our up to our chest and getting out of the water covered in mud and leeches and everything yeah. else. And Yeah, but it was that's, that was, that's what we did, man. And, uh, oh, and you had mentioned the embarrassing part. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, that was the other aspect. And I mean, that went all the way through high school, you know, even after we were driving, like, I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, did, did you watch Stranger Things? No. You never saw Stranger Things? No. Should I all right. Well, for your listeners that, that have, <laughs> if you watch Stranger Things, you get a good vibe for how people were in the 80s how and and 90s how much we were dickheads (laughs) you know like just ball busting nasty we were rude man anyone that says you know all these kids are today stupid you forgot we were a-holes back then and these kids are these these kids are so much more adjusted and smarter and everything else but um that's that's my opinion on that um but yeah, like it was just like you were afraid to do anything on cool, you know. I, I think you can own things a little bit more and not get your, you know, not get teased or get your balls broke about it nearly as bad as back then, yeah. you know, these days. And and uh, it was deemed on cool, you know, whether 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 we we were man, weren't man enough to, to own it or I, I don't know, but we kind of kept it kept it to ourselves. So. Mom would drop us off at, you know, maybe a certain lake is kind of in a more, 
a populated area and say, all right, you know, get out, sneak the rod out of the truck, the car, look, look, look both ways, run across the street and duck into the, you know, duck behind the woods or whatever to, to avoid detection. That's so God forbid, you know, the hot chick was, you know, in her mom's car on her way to the mall and would see with a rod in her hand. That's some pretty <laughs> elaborate ninja skills to try to hide, <laughs> hide your As a matter of, rod. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, this one, I think it was junior year of high school, we had this one history teacher that had a board up in the back of the room where um, he w- encouraged everybody to bring their prom pictures in. So all the girls, you know, and their dates, they brought their prom pictures in and put it up on this board in the back of the room. Everybody's looking, you know, just big giant jersey hair and their prom dresses and everybody's all fixed up. And and, <laughs> and we brought in a picture of Tom, uh, the other buddy, holding the bass. What even a good one? It was like a 10, maybe 12 inch. And he's got these big sunglasses on. Big back in the day, it looked like Terminator X sunglasses and no shirt on and we put that on the board and god damn it that was the funniest thing we ever did i don't know it's just just so humiliating to do that film (laughs) (laughs) no shirt on holding the fish i I remember just sitting in the front of the room looking back as the the girls going back and like oh look he's got a fish (laughs) not even a big fish (laughs) you know what i mean like why? It's not even a big one. Why did he put that on here? <laughs> that's what they would say now, right? Like, oh. that dink. Uh-huh. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, it, it was to us at that moment because we were busting our buddy's balls. So. Poor guy. He probably was traumatized from that. Yeah. yeah did well, he go like to prom? Like I said, uh, he pro- I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. I know. I know. I never did. No, I never, uh, never did either, either. Prom prom was, I don't know, I guess I was a rebel for not going to prom. It didn't seem that yeah. good to me. You, you, never you, you dance, you can have some beers, even though you're not legal to have some beers, and then you after party. Like I, did, I was like, cool, nah. I went and got a tattoo instead is what I did. For prom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my parents... We're like, you're not doing that. My dad said, okay. My mom said, no. And then when my mom found out my dad said, okay, she was like, okay, then I'll take you. I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, wow. Prom, 2007. 2007. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> prom wasn't that cool. Okay, but you didn't go to prom, but then you graduated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I actually moved out, out to, uh, after my junior year of high school, I moved out to Nevada. Really? And yeah, well, I, I went out there over the summer to visit my dad, and um, and stayed out there for a month or something over the summer. And I don't know, woke up one morning and said, "I ain't going back." <laughs> you know, really? like I think I want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of us were being assholes and getting into stuff, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going back to that. It was it was getting out of hand, and mm-hmm. I saw you know some buddies of mine, not Mike. Mike uh, Mike always always had his head on straight. Mm-hmm. You know, if people have to learn lessons the hard way, Mike already sees it coming and doesn't go that route. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just a funny thing about him, and it's always been that way. He's always 
always sniffed out the danger and got out of there before it came or something like that. You know what I mean? He's got those spidey senses. Yeah, he was always the one that dipped out of the party 10 minutes before the cops kicked the door in or something. Dang. (laughs) You know, and found a $20 bill on his way out. (laughs) That was that was Mike. That's just the luck part of the Spidey senses. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had that. I swear, we I can't tell you how many times just walking, you know, because we always used to walk a lot mm-hmm. back and forth across town. And there'd be like a line of five of us walking on the tracks and and four of us would step in dog shit and Mike would find a $20 bill. And this is like, <laughs> this is how Come it was. Oh, man. <laughs> True story. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But what were we talking about? You went to hang out with your dad and you wanted oh, yeah, to yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah, so I stayed there. I went to half my senior year in Nevada, Elko, Nevada, way up in the northeast corner of the state. It's out there, man. Not a whole lot going on out there, but I, I actually enjoyed it. It was a really cool, cool experience. Um, there? Did you fish while you were there? Uh, there were. Um, it's high desert plateau is the terrain. Um, so we, you got to do some traveling. Everything is far the next town's an hour away oh, wow. when you want to go do some serious shopping you're driving four hours to salt lake city utah or boise idaho or or or, or twin, twin Falls. So, but it was you know everything was just a lot further away bigger distances and um you know there were there were some lakes the uh ruby mountains we were near the ruby mountains and things called the marshes okay. oh my god the, uh, it's just it's this maze of these toolies, standing toolies, and you could get lost in there, like really? seriously lost. And yeah, I can remember going up there and fishing and catching a hundred bass. You know, I don't remember them being much bigger than 13, 14 inches, but it was all day long, man. It was it was a blast. We did that one once or twice, and um, even had a fish fry, which cool. is sacrilege now, but you know, and. It, in the right situation, I don't have a problem with it, but yeah. but I'm also catch and release. You know, it's it's a situational thing. There's not a right answer for everybody. That's right. And hey, you're having fun too, so who cares? Yeah, right. Yeah, but um, and then halfway through that year, my dad got took a new job, and we moved to Littleton, Colorado. So I spent half a year in. Elko, Nevada, and then moved to Littleton, Colorado. Finished up my senior year of high school there, and then came back to Jersey after that. You didn't like Colorado that much? I did not. Okay. I did not. Did I ever tell you that? No. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. No, I, I, I have a pretty, I have an opinion on the place. I, I didn't, I didn't care for it. Um, I thought the people were kind of stuck up and and phony um just i don't know you know when you come from the northeast coming from jersey i got decavaricis on i got a le- wearing a leather jacket I, you know i might stick out you know i, I didn't go out to there see to stick you in a leather out. jacket <laughs> hey forget about it you know probably had a rat tail or something you know um but went to nevada and it was cool whatever yeah. Everybody there was from somewhere else, so it was all good. Okay. Made tons of friends. We had a blast. 
had good times, got in a lot of trouble. It was, it was awesome. Mm. Um, go to Colorado, and it's just like if you didn't wear a fluorescent, you know, orange and red ski jacket, and every third word was sweet, dude. Like, you just kind of got shunned. And I was like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing is, I don't know if I should go down this rabbit hole, but there was there was this kind of uh, you can edit this out if it don't fit the what you want on the show, but I'll go off on it anyhow. <laughs> okay. When Columbine happened, I remember where I was, mm-hmm. and I remember my exact thought at that time. Mm-hmm. And Columbine was at um, uh, Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. Yeah. I went to. Arapaho High School in Littleton, Colorado, and there was another one, uh, Cherry Creek, I think, maybe. But anyhow, Littleton, Colorado is this massive suburb of the city of Denver, okay. and the city of Denver is not that big of a city anyhow, mm-hmm. you know, compared to something like Philadelphia or whatever, but but Littleton's just a, a big, sprawling su- suburb of it, and these three really big high schools all uh, are all in Littleton. So I didn't go to Columbine, but I went to Arapahoe, and I feel like the vibe was very similar to what I experienced when I went to Columbine, went to Arapahoe. Mm. And remember when I, you know, I said how people kind of shunned you, and they were a little bit kind of phony, and well, what was the motivation behind those kids that shot up that school? Right. Well, one, they were probably mentally off, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're, but, you know, and I, and I don't know too much about their profile, but, but they were also kids that were, um, kind of shunned and made fun of and they formed their own little group. Right. And that happens. Like I said, we were assholes too, you know, and we busted a lot of balls and we were, but we also got in a lot of fights. Right. Mm. And, and that's a good way to get some of these things out. That's a good way to check a bully. That's a good way to, 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 you know, if I'm being an a-hole and you don't call me on it, I'll probably continue to do that and torture you. But you call me on it, you know, it, it could stop it, you know. And these, that didn't happen in Colorado. That was, you know, it, it was all kind of all hold me back, hold me back. It was a real different kind of vibe. When I went to school in Triton, there was a lot of fights. Kids got it out. When I went to school in Nevada, there was a ton of fights. It was like, that was, it was like, it was like the UFC. Like, that was what you did when you showed up and you established where you're at and then you shook hands. Right. It was just totally different vibe. I remember my first day of school and I'm a senior. This kid comes walking down. I'm, I'm there. The big kid that the big freshman that comes into school, first day of school, he's too big to be a freshman. He got challenged by the toughest senior. They threw hands for a couple minutes. It was over. They shook hands. They went to class. It was, over. You know, it's just how it was, and there was right. a whole pecking order, and it kept everything kind of nice. It was a little bit of frontier justice, and I don't think that that's entirely the answer. But when I went to the other school, there was never a fight. There was a lot of shit talk, and there was a lot of, you know, just talking behind people's backs. And in that situation, in my opinion, bred something like what happened with Combine. Had those kids had had it in them just to call out these guys being bullies. Or, you know, or a number of different things. But I don't know. You could probably edit all that out. That's just not fit the narrative of a fishing podcast. It's interesting, though, because you say that. I mean, and you're from Jersey, obviously. You've moved around a little bit. But, like, I notice a different vibe here in the South 
versus what I experienced back in Michigan, like how people raise their kids, how people interact with other people. Like there's definitely, people say when you're from a certain area that there isn't like this, I don't, I don't want to say stigma, but you know, you know what I'm trying to get at, but you, yep. when you go somewhere and you feel that and it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right. And you're like, mm, no, I can't, this is cool, but I gotta go. This isn't my vibe. Like, yeah. Got a dip. Got a dip out. So you went back to yep. Jersey. You graduated there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you went back yep. to Jersey and right. went straight to working. Yeah. Yeah. Came back to Jersey, got the band back together, you know. <laughs> got the band. And, um, nice. And, and yeah, so that's basically what I did. I actually had a, I think my, one of my first jobs when I got back, I, I worked with Ike. Um, at a place called Acumark, we both went and got jobs at the same time, and we were in shipping and receiving in a warehouse that was the um, shipping and receiving uh, port for Macy's or something like that. Okay. I think it was for Macy's. So we were like, I was I, I was on the shipping end, and Mike was on the receiving, so we weren't working with each other. But yeah, we were basically throwing boxes in a warehouse a factory or whatever not a factory but a warehouse nice and um i lasted a lot longer than mike which i don't i don't take a lot of credit for i think he realized this is a shit job (laughs) a lot quicker than i did (laughs) i just finished reading his book actually and it just pretty much what you said is pretty much what he says in the book like "Mm, just wasn't for me man (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah me, good I'm job like, it was a good job harder. <laughs> yeah i just gotta work harder no no stupid this is this nice. is going nowhere run <laughs> oh boy well i mean you did it it was a job like at least you're a productive member of society right and yeah got yeah. your band back together you know yeah so Doing that. I actually got fired from that job, too. What? You got fired? You're not somebody that's fi- fired. I got fired because I missed time because I was in a car accident. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. They- and so I was out. I had a whiplash. I was, you know, I jacked my neck up pretty bad. And I got back and neck problems, always have. Mm. And, um, and so I missed a few weeks. I don't even remember how long. But I went back. And they... First day I go back, they call me in the office and they escort me out. Like, yeah, you were going too long. Like, what? <laughs> okay. I, I, like... I was in an accident and I've been at the doctors ever since. <laughs> I feel like people sue for that shit now. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, you're yeah. firing me because I was in an accident and I had to take time off? Oh, here's the book at you. Thank God, because my dumb ass might have still been there. No, I doubt it. <laughs> Not at all. Not oh, at all. Man. But when, so you did that, you got fired, yeah. which tiny, Yeah, it was weird. I think it's the only time I've ever been fired, yeah, of anything. And, and again, it was, I was in a car wreck. I wasn't even the one driving, but I got oh, no. hurt pretty bad. But anyhow, um, <laughs> yes, so that happened, and uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, so, so, so shortly, right, right in that time frame, uh, we started a club. Um, so we're all out of high school and, uh, yeah, it's bringing back to fishing. 
and me, Mike, uh, Dave, John McGraw, who is another guy that we, we found that was Mike's project. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found him in high school and, and John liked the fish. So it was a, Oh, and this kid, Chris Alfonso, his, we went to school with his older brother. Um, but we knew that through his older brother that Chris really liked the fish. So we found him and then we actually had to make up a sixth member because Mike wanted to register our club with BASS to be a, you know, official fishing club, be registered with bass. And, um, we needed six members. So we actually had to forge a sixth member, but we, we, uh, it was me, Mike and John. And then I had to go find Dave because we misplaced Dave. Uh, he had moved his senior year or junior year of high school. So we had, we lost him for a couple of years. So I had to go find him and then we went and dug up Chris and we had to make up a six member, um, to start this club. The club consisted of the five of us. Um, and we all had Coleman crawl bags. It's a, uh, it's, it's actually, if you ever seen, uh, Mike's son Vegas's boat, that's a Coleman crawl bag. It's 11 and a half foot long, not very wide. It's a plastic or a resin, resin boat. You know, it's a John boat, mm-hmm. but it's really pretty small. Like you said it's under 12 feet and it's narrow and it's, it's resin. It's not an aluminum boat, but that's what we had. And, um, and we kind of pimped them out, which is cool. There's this cute, you know, this big movement uh, these days. You see Facebook pages like um, Tiny Boat Nation's got 50,000, 60,000 members on it. Mm-hmm. Check out John Boats is another one down in your area, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, huge YouTube followings. And um, and it's all about taking these little boats and, and, and pimping them out. And, and that's, that's exactly what we did with our, with our crawl dads in the early nineties, you know, put, put a front deck on it. You know, this is a boat that had just metal bars in it and two little seats. We tore, tore all that stuff out, framed it up with a front deck, opened up hatches underneath you, had a pedestal seat, a foot control motor on the front, um, little drop down section in the middle and then a back deck. And in the back deck, you had your battery storage and a kicker motor, you know, another electric motor. Cause Jersey's all, all electric, you know, there's, a handful of places that you can put an outboard, um, a couple that are unlimited and a few that are 9.9 horse max and everything else is electric. So, um, yeah, so that was our, that was our rig, man. We, you know, we were all, um, kind of learning off each other on how to, how to pimp the boats out and rig them up. And, um, so it's cool carpeting the whole deal. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was our club. And over the next, I don't know, handful of years, the club grew. And, you know, we got up in the 20 members or so. And uh club still exists to today. I haven't been a part of it in probably 15 years. Um, but, you know, Mike, it was, it was a good good place. And the, um, you know, our, 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 our motto, our credo for the club was, uh, you know, start to be a better bass fisherman today, you know, learn to be a better fisherman today. So our club wasn't just predicated on having tournaments and competing, which a lot of clubs these days are. Um, We were, you know, our foundation was to try to make each other better. You know, that was what we wanted to do right out of the gate. And there weren't a lot of resources to learn how to fish. We had each other. 
You know, there's Bassmaster Magazine, there's Field and Stream, there's, you know, there's a few other magazines and things like that. And then you had your Saturday fishing shows to, to learn these things. And then it's basically, you know, see somebody throw a jig, go out and try to figure out how to pitch a jig and how to, you know, how to tune your baitcaster to be able to do it and not backlash all day. So, you know, we, we used each other to learn and, and to get better. And, um, you know, our format, we'd have two tournaments a month or, or whatever and, and, and one meeting a month. And at every meeting, we would talk about the tournament. You know, it's one thing you go out on a body of water and, and you fish all day and you learn what you learn. But if you got six people doing it, five, six, seven, eight people doing it, and then you all come back and you compare your notes, well, now you can really figure stuff out. Right. You know, well, I did this, well, I did that. Well, I, well, this didn't work for me. Ah, oh, well, I, you know, whatever. But that's how you really start to learn. And mm-hmm. so that really uh, quickened the learning curve for, for us, you know, and, and especially, you know, it was the you know, training grounds for Mike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was, that's what I think kind of set us off from everybody else. And that worked really good uh, for a while. And then the competition aspect kicks in. So you they know. don't, the, the top rod bass masters don't uh, share tricks anymore? They just go out and compete? I don't I don't know what they do because I'm not in the club, haven't uh-huh. been for a long time. But I know even with us, after a number of years, you know, it's tough if you've got money on the line for that Saturday derby, uh-huh. you know, and for you sure. start fishing the same bodies of water year after year. You stop wanting to give up your secrets because, well, at the end of the day, you are fishing for beer money or something. So. <laughs> Um, it really did work well for a while, uh, quite a while. And like I said, it's not, not a flawless deal. There's competition and things like that always, always get in there. And, but it was, uh, yeah, we, we got tired of getting beat by Mike pretty much. So. <laughs> well, I mean, somebody's got to take all your money, right? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, and I mean, we all had our turn, yeah. but Mike definitely, yeah, he was always he was always a little bit better, you know. Yeah, it it happens. Obviously, he's got those. I finished senses. second in angler of the year. Nice. I think every single year I was in the club. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, second. I think I finished second in our classic every year too that I fished it. <laughs> hey. Second. Second, still great. Second, still yeah. great. <laughs> First place loser. <laughs> Well, I still think it's great. I think a top five is pretty good. So yeah, we'll just we'll just top five out. Yeah, pretty well, awesome. Woohoo! <laughs> well, so then you got so speaking of Mike and all the things, how did you get talked into being part of Ike Live? Okay, so fast forward to twenty years later, and Mike, you know, and his whole career and everything else that takes off. Um. Uh. He just came to me and said, hey, what do you know about podcasts? And I'm like, well, uh, I listen to them. You know, I was like, I had just gotten really into listening to podcasts. Uh, Rogan's podcast was the first one I really got into. And um, the minute I started listening to it, it intrigued me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is unscripted. This is just, I don't even know. They don't even know what they're going to talk about next. And it's just kind of a you know, free and open and flowing conversation that goes in this direction and that direction. And 
you know, they're Googling facts as they're going, hey, check this up. Let's make sure I'm right about this. There was something about that. There was something about that that really drew me in. Um, because I'm very cynical. I see a lot of bullshit. I can't help but see it, you know, with television and with mm-hmm. the stuff that goes on. It aggravates me. I, I don't even watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was something about that free, uh, that honesty, uh, uh, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. But, hey, let's look it up and make sure. And that's not just spout out a bunch of stuff to make a point without checking it first. And I really appreciated that. And, and it, it was yeah, it plus highly entertaining and everything else. And that led me to a number of other podcasts. So I had been listening to podcasts. Do you know about podcasts? Um, I know I like them. Um, <laughs> technically, I don't know a damn thing. I swing a hammer for a living. Uh, you know, hang cabinets, you know, remodel houses, build a few houses. but when it comes to computers, I don't know anything, but I know what I like to hear. I know what I like to hear. I, I, you know, and I know what I don't. And, and that's, and I've applied that I've applied looking at it as a consumer, um, to, to trying to figure out how to do something. What would I want to hear? What would I want to see? Who would I want to see as guests? How would I want this thing formatted? You know, all that, you know, I mean, from jump, you know, Mike says, hey, I really want to do this thing. You know, I want you to produce it. I'm like, all right, what's that mean? You know, he's like, well, let's, let's figure out a show. So started working on ideas and sending them ideas. And, you know, Mike was very much in the beginning still leaned heavily towards television and and, and a whole production and segments and, you know, and then this segment and that segment and, you know, we tried it out for the first, you know, during the first year, we tried a lot of different things that didn't work. Um, and, and that was a lot, and, and that was a lot of it, you know, and you got to let the ball. Process. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And the, the segmented thing, you know, it goes against what I was intrigued by and it was something, but, but I ha- we had to try it. We had to go through the processes of figuring out, okay, yeah, we're not, we're not professional actors and we can't pull this shit off. And at the end of the day, it's kind of dumb. No, no. And you know what? Like what really opened our eyes as to what we were supposed to be was the after hours, um, getting done doing a show, walking out of the studio in the mic bar, tying one on and then going back live again. You know, we yeah. did that a number of times the first few years, like, hey, you know, sitting at the bar and we're having a conversation and we're, you know, we're loose, we're drinking, the cameras on and on, there's no lights in our face, there's no pressure, not feeling eyeballs, and we're just having this conversation, and time and time again, I'm like, this is what we need to be doing in there, this right. is the show, not what we just did, this is the show, this is what, I, this is what I would want to see. This is what I guarantee you, the people that just watch, this is what they want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see you just talking to whoever was there, Pete, you know, or if we had an in-studio guest or whoever, just freely talking about a tournament, just back and forth in detail, like, like just kicking it, like, like, like bros do, like guys do, you know, not measuring your words too much, but just, just hanging, hanging out. out and. Yeah. And that's what a podcast in a lot of ways is you're letting the viewers hang out with you. And, and, you know, there was a, there was a, you know, I remember this one time where a couple of them were, went back in 
and just were just the right amount of drunk, not too drunk, but just loose. And, um, and we had a blast and we're just kind of open up the phone line. I remember Fat Cat Newton calling in like, Oh my God, who the hell is this guy? You know, he come in with his trucker talk and, and we're like, Oh, I wrote, I remember, you know, listening to him go. And I just wrote his name down, Fat Cat Newton on a piece of paper there sitting in front of me. I'm like, I got to find this guy. I got to look him up. You know, I went home that night and searched through Facebook or Instagram. I don't even think I had, there was Instagram then. Um, but MySpace. you know, I looked at, yeah, I never did my face. It's probably Facebook. I found them on. I, I was big on Twitter early on, early in the show too. Okay. Um, but I remember finding them and getting, you know, sending them a message like, dude, you were awesome. Can you come on again? You know, like that was, that was great. We loved it. But it also, it also helped show us like what we want to do, you know, and, and, and to try to capture more of that, you know, we got done that and we're like, what just happened? That was great. That's what we need to do. You know, just, you know, back then we could play music and I would just, I would put up images of the front, you know, of, of whoever's calling what what I felt like they looked like, you know, somebody called in with a really raspy voice, you know, I was putting, cause again, we're dickheads from New Jersey, but kind of busting balls, but you know, just putting imagery up that might match this caller oh that I can't see on the other line <laughs> or, and we're dying in the room. The car, I don't know what's going on, but you know, it's, oh it's, they, they get it. We're just having fun. Yeah. I hope. And, um, we're playing, you know, just playing music, like whatever song, you know, we used to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. you can't anymore. Facebook, YouTube, now that we're on them, they'll shut you down right. in a heartbeat. But, you know, just whatever song you want to go out to or, or, or whatever. So, um, that was a lot of fun. And, and that's what really kind of, showed us like ah, this is what we need to do just again back to what we thought in the first place just make it a hang and learn how to go in there and be free be yourself right not try to not try to you know not try to be a journalist like we're crying out loud you know not try to be some kind of professional that i'm not be who you are own it yeah i don't even think being a a journalist or scripting a lot of stuff really at this point is what people want anymore either so kind of y'all are trendsetters from your boats to your podcasts setting trends i enjoy it though i I enjoy it it would be fun to do it every day you know and i think i think we 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 should why i know from jump like we should have been going every week you know with ike live Mm -hmm. out of the gate um but Mike's schedule went out for that. Right. And, you know, and it's, he's got so many things going on. It's a ridiculous, it's ridiculous how much that guy's got going on. I mean, he'll literally not be home for, of course, not now with the, you know, with the shutdown of, of the world going on. But, you know, in, in normal times, his, his, his schedule's insane. And so he's hardly around, and when he's got a free day and he's home for three days, he'll make room for a night live, you know, amongst everything else, all the business meetings and catching up with family and, you know, being a dad and everything and, and getting some downtime and bang out a night live, and then boom, he's gone for another three or three to six to seven weeks or, or whatever, you know. Right. So his, I mean, and all the professional anglers 
have that same road schedule, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty heavy. You know, they they do a lot of traveling and they compete. And, you know, Mike's got a lot of other things on his plate, additional to that, with again Bass University, Ike Live, the Ike Foundation. You know, he's got a very heavy sponsor portfolio, or every sponsor is a job. Right. You know, yep. they don't just give you stuff; you have to work for it. You have to earn it. Once you've earned it with your reputation and your work, then you've got to work for it. Then you've got, you know, Toyota's got them flying over here to do this and Tackle Warehouse over there and, and Rapala. And, I mean, he's constantly flying out for these things and, you know, Bass Cat owners tournaments and all of the above, you know. And uh, they're all obligations in his contract, but it, it takes him away from home all the time. Yeah. It's so. <clears throat> It's a straining yeah. schedule, and everybody wants to be a bass, bass pro, and it's like, okay, well, you do, but then when you get there, you'll be yeah. the first one to say, oh, I never have time for this anymore. Like, I mean, yeah. they love it, and that's why they do it. I mean, Mike Light loves it, and, you know, Ish and all those guys, they love it. That's why they do it, but everybody wants to be yeah. one. Well, a lot <laughs> I'm of the glad guys I'm not one. one. <laughs> Right, same here. And a lot of guys are just—they're just fish heads. They just want to fish. Yeah, you yeah. know. And and there's very few that can get away with that. You know that that you pretty much. I mean, if you're you're just that guy that just wants to fish, you're about irrelevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And especially with what's going on right now, this in, this industry should be bad. You know, yeah. 2008 when shit hit the hit the fan. And the economy crashed. The fishing industry. I wasn't involved in it back then, but I've heard I've heard the stories. I've heard Mike talk about it, you know. And he's one of the ones that was in a better position. But a lot of guys, a lot of guys, their careers ended. Yep. They lost all their sponsorship. They were no longer able to get out there and compete. You know, the industry fell on its face. Yep. And um, this could very much happen and happen again. I know several people that have already lost sponsors and we're only a few weeks into the shutdown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've already got the clamp down or the, or the pullback or just straight up lost sponsors already. Yep. You know, and, um, and we're not even feeling the the, the crunch of it. You know, I mean, these, these companies, they're going to feel this. This is all going to show up next year, next January, next time to resign the contract. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so it's going to be rough. But the guys that are that make themselves more valuable with their social media, with YouTube, with everything, all the other stuff out there with content creation. Those are the guys that are, are going to hang in there. The guys that do it right. Guys like Carl, you know, Carl's got one win, but he's got a huge Carl Jacobson. Mm-hmm. He's got a huge following, a huge social media presence. He knows how to do it. He puts his whole life out there, constantly putting out the journey with him and his wife and what they do and the life they live. And it's good stuff. People want to see that, you know, Brian Latimer, what he does. And, um, you know, every, it's all with his cell phone, huge YouTube following, all just yeah. with his iPhone yep. and keeps it simple. Shows people his in and out of his daily life, keeps it honest. You staying know? relevant, staying, staying relevant, staying relevant, yep. staying connected. That's what you got. Yeah, the do. days of just showing up fishing tournaments and and you know, like a lot of the older guys, it's it's 
you know, what they came into, that, that's, that stuff's over, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how things move forward. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of, a lot of what's happening right now is going to be nothing compared to what happens in like three or four months in in the fishing world i mean people yep. losing sponsors it's it's minor compared yep. to what's going to happen in a couple months in my opinion i agree i just got a text from my brother that says governor ordered construction stops <gasps> the governor of new jersey yesterday put out the mandate that all state and county parks be closed and boat ramps be closed that was yesterday and today he just shut down all construction work. Uh, yeah. Not good. No, I don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, you know, my wife, she's a dental hygienist. She can get on employment. Um, myself, I'm self-employed. I've never been able to collect. You're not able to collect if you're self-employed. Right. Because they think you would just lay yourself off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. Would be awesome. Yes. So <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, I'm able to try and collect on appointment. We've mm-hmm. tried. It doesn't seem to be working. I don't know if it'll ever work out with that. But I'm, if I can't work, I'm at zero income. You know. Right. right. And uh, that's that's rough. That's For rough. Sure. I yeah. Feel you. I feel you there. We're we're we will make it through though. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. We'll make it through. Yeah. So you're you, your contractor, your landlord, right? I am. Yeah. Your husband, your dad, your kids are super freaking talented. I can't Dude, even. Stand I don't know it. how. Michelle, like we got we got <laughs> so lucky. The the youngest is a musician, plays all kinds of instruments. Like I put up some stuff of him playing the piano. He don't even know how to play the piano. You know. He, what? But, but he, I mean. He's taught himself some things. I got a piano that I've got from ten dollars at an auction, grossly out of tune. But every morning he gets up and goes walks right down and gets on the piano and starts playing something. That is the most. Uh, that touches me in such a way. Like my son just getting up and got some music in his head, wants to go down and play something. You know, That's um, crazy. I freaking I freaking love that. Okay. I freaking love that. He, um, you know, but he's. He, the bassoon's his main instrument. That's what he plays. He plays a lot of bassoon. He plays a lot of trombone. Um, plays the, the tuba and, and uh, sousaphone and marching band and the trombone and the jazz band and um, plays a lot of stuff. I mean, French horn, a lot of different things. What is a Gets sousaphone? On the piano. Huh? What is it? What's a sousaphone? <laughs> It's a marching tuba. Oh, okay. So you see them out on the uh, the marching bands out on the field. It's just a different kind of a tuba. Big honk, 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 honk kind of an instrument. Nice. So anyhow, yeah, that's, that's what he does. And he also uh, works on them, buys instruments off of eBay and fixes them up, collects them, sells them. Uh, right at the beginning of the shutdown here, he bought a, uh, a baritone uh, trombone. Baritone? Baritone saxophone off eBay for like a buck something and put some work into it and re- resold it for 
four fifty or something like that. Dang. So that's pretty rad for a sixteen year old. Have to borrow some money from your kids. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm like, bro, if them instruments shined up, man, we want to sell them. And your oldest my, uh, is valedictorian. Yeah, my oldest was valedictorian at um, at a uh, school that you have to apply to get into. So it was it's a county school. So kind of all the smartest kids from the entire county get into that school. And then he was valedictorian of that. So Amazing. That's, that's pretty badass. Heck yeah. <laughs> he's going to, he, he could have went away to school. Um, and he was going to, he had applied at a few different places, Vanderbilt and, and, and uh, Georgia Tech and so forth. But he pulled it back. Um, thankfully, decided to stay home. He would have. He would have accrued some debt going to, you know, going away. He could have, mm-hmm. you know, got some scholarship money, but still would, wouldn't have been a free ride. He got a free ride right here at Rowan in, in town. He's got, you know, plus he's home. And my wife was about losing losing it at the thought of losing her, you know, Aww. her first one. Yeah. She was not ready for that. So very, very happy that he's still around here, um, especially with what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's staying home. He's got a free ride at Rowan. Um, he's already got a paid internship this summer nice. at the University of Penn. And, um, yeah, he's, he's incredible. He's just super obsessive. He gets on something. He was always like that, even as a kid. He would just get on something, and that was just – he would obsess on things. And, and that's a wonderful trait to have if you can focus it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's able to. He's able to get into something and then just know everything about that thing and follow through with it. And just, it's incredible. So What's we got, he? we got really lucky. Heck yeah. What's he going to go to school for? Or what is? Well, he's, he's in engineering. Oh gosh. Stinking smart. He started out in biomedical engineering, but he's kind of, kind of shifting things around a little bit. But, there you go. You know, who knows where, where it'll lead him. You know, engineering is such a broad broad category someplace amazing i'm sure yeah yeah he'll, he'll, he'll do fine anywhere he goes heck yeah but none He's of your ridiculous. family likes to go fishing do they um no they're not they're not as much into it um you know I, we had a well we still have a place down in maryland a, a campground that we spent pretty much and that's kind of why i stopped fishing in the club well I quit the club when I bought my house. I bought my house when I was 24. Mm-hmm. So I was really only in the club for about four years, um, top rod. And when I bought my house, it's my six and flip. I was 24. Everybody's buying bass boats. I went and bought a house. <laughs> nice. um, but, yeah. Uh, but that, that kind of took my attention away from fishing all the time, was, was working on this, this project. Uh, but then... I rejoined the club probably 10 years later and at the, about the same time, me and my wife bought a place in a campground down in Maryland. So I fished two tournaments with Top Rod, re-met the whole whole crew and all the new people there, which are dear friends to this day. Nice. But I only fished two tournaments and then quit again because we bought the place in Maryland. And that's pretty much where we raised the kids. Every weekend we were down at the campground um, and it was, you know, it was 
uh, boat ramp onto the Chesapeake, the upper Chesapeake Bay there, you know, where I could put my, put my bass boat or, or there were, uh, ponds on the campground and I had a little boat, you know, a little, just a little fast tracker, a little plastic boat. So I take the kids out fishing and they were into it, but not like me, you know? Um, and that's okay. You know, we had some good times doing it, but it was never something that like that was their calling. So they found their own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They found their own and I could not be happier about it. You know, it's amazing. I'm always, whenever you post videos of the singing, the singing video that you did the other day with your wife and your son, I'm like, I could fall asleep to this. Like, if I, I was know. you, I would literally be like, keep going. I'll be over here. <laughs> I, Michelle, I was. I was laying on the floor watching it, you know, tears in my eyes kind of. Yeah. just like, it was like, yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. Awesome. And I mean, they, they took like two takes on it, three takes, and then I posted a video. I'm like, well, we probably should have practiced that a few more times. It was still <laughs> no. awesome, but. No, it's awesome. <laughs> no practice yeah. needed. They're extremely talented just as they are. Yeah. Let's be real. All right, let me figure this out. Let me figure it out. Yeah. I don't know that I have that much discipline, like your son, to go down and practice the piano every morning. I don't. I would feel, like, frustrated if I couldn't get something. I'd move on. I'd be like, meh. And he doesn't, he doesn't go down there to practice it. He just goes down there because it's something in his head. It's amazing. He's just got to go down. I mean, like, it's literally the first thing he does almost every morning. It's walk downstairs, say hi to mom, you know, uh-huh. sometimes me. <laughs> no, we get along great, actually. Um, sometimes but then he wa- he'll just walk over to the, to the piano and just start playing something, you know, just something. So awesome. Making something up or just whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to get that thing tuned. It's pretty out of tune. I can even hear it. <laughs> maybe, maybe in your spare time you'll learn how to do that. Well, he, he he did he did tune it, and he got it sounding a lot better than it was. But he was only able to get it to a certain point. Still needs a little needs a little tune up there. Yep. Awesome. Well, I won't. I don't want to keep you much longer. I know we've been on the phone for a little while. But two two things, and this one's yeah. super important because <laughs> I love Live PD, and you. You were basically on Live PD. Like, somebody I know was on Live PD. I was. Explain that. People don't believe me. I, like, have to go through your Instagram and be like, look, it happened. It was at his house. So, the long story, and I'll try to wrap through it really quick. Okay. I've got a couple rental properties here in Glassboro. They're full of college kids, and one of them is right across the street from us and it's six bedrooms, two bathrooms, got six kids in there, all boys. I haven't had a single girl yet, thankfully, but that's about to change this next semester. That's a story for him. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I don't know. I think that might be better. Than uh, I can relate to the guys, man. I can talk to them. I can be like, yo, this place is effed up. You know, like clean this shit up. Girls, I can't walk in there and, and, and I just can't kick it with them like that, you know. Like, no, but I mean, so it's, it, I don't know. I got I got the girls lacrosse team coming nice. in in the in the one house. So I think there's eight eight girls, and I've met them and their parents. They seem like they're for the most part 
they're going to be pretty good. They're, they're still going to have people over and get a little crazy, but there's a few of them that seem real anal and, and uh, about keeping the place clean. So that's, that's a good deal. Uh, all right. Live today. So yes. one night I get this knock on my door at like 1130, 11 o'clock. I'm like, what the hell? I co- walk to my door it's Saturday night or Friday night. And here's Cameron, the kids, that, one of the kids from across the street. And he is bugged out of his mind. They just barged into the house. They're breaking everything up. They're, they're throwing shit. They're biting them. Like, what the heck? I look out in the street and there's kids running everywhere. There's two carloads full of kids that had showed up. Cameron decided to have a couple friends over and some DJ equipment and play some ladies and a couple carloads of people from his neighborhood, his hometown, got word of it and decided to come drive three, four towns over to Glassboro to go to a rowing party. Well, when you tell six, seven, eight, you know, kids that age that walk into a house that drove a half an hour to get to a college party, get into the college party, and then you tell them they're not invited, guess what's about to happen? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. So... They, they, you know, they attacked those kids. You know, they had outnumbered them. Cameron only had like three friends there. So, of course, they, you know, big fight breaks out. They break up a bunch of windows and doors and blood everywhere. And it was it was a mess. My, my wife was like, I can roll with things like that yeah. a lot better than her. She's completely out of her head and um, about shit like that. So after that, she's like, we're getting cameras. That's it. We're getting cameras. I'm like, ah, all right, fine. We'll get cameras. Two days, maybe within a week of getting cameras out front. Um, and it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, whatever that weekend we set the clocks forward or backward in the fall. So that's when it was, it was in November, um, this past fall. And she's like, Hey, you got to see this video on my phone on the camera I'm like huh wakes me up in the morning like all bugged out hands me her phone i'm like ah shit just the way she's looking at me like shit what i do you know um <laughs> so I, I look at it and i'm like here's this black and white video my front step and here's this guy just starts walking up to my front door buck naked he's wearing nothing but shoes and he's walking up and he's got his thing in his hand and he's playing with himself <laughs> and um and walks up to the you know walks up looks around and then he, i think he sees the camera and then he walks back to his car put flabby white ass walks back to his car gets in front and takes off this the whole video was like 25 seconds that was it i'm like oh my god what the f is that you know some initial reaction i'm like all right call the cops let me go get some coffee and get dressed you know all right Comes, I'm like, hey, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I got some porn on my phone I need to show you, right? <laughs> so, you know, I show him this video, and um, he kind of looks at it. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what we can do about it, but, you know, I'm like, oh, well, okay. I, I guess if somebody says something, I got the video, and then he leaves. This was really kind of sucked, you know. And I I spent the rest of that day kind of processing it. Like that didn't seem right. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that really didn't seem right. Like, you know, there's an elementary school a block away from me. I live in a college town. There's college kids everywhere. There's houses full of college kids everywhere. You know, 18s, 20s, you know. Like, and here's this dude walking around. I'm like, I don't think that was handled, you know. That, that didn't seem right to me. Yeah. So, make a long story short, um, I ended up posting the video on Facebook and and Instagram, whatever. And it, 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 it caught, you know, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people had a lot of fun with the comments and whatever. Um, but I ended up calling my neighbor, who also is a glass bar cop, and who also cuts my lawn at one of my rental properties. I'm like, yeah, Chuck. I, I sent him the video. I was like, yeah, this, this happened. You know, your mom still lives next to me, and you might want to know this, but this happened at my house uh, Sunday morning. He's like, did you call the police? I said, yeah. He came out and says, I don't really know what you do. He was pissed. He's like, what? Anyway, so anyhow, he made some phone calls, and before, you know, immediately there's another detective at my house. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sorry. That dude did that, didn't, didn't handle that right. Um, whatever, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, you guys don't even have the video. Like, what if, what if some shit's going down? Right. What if somebody gets, you don't even have the video. So anyhow, I, I hand them my video, you know, I send them the video. They put it up on their website, you know, or their Glassboro Police Facebook page. And because it's so amazing, you know, a naked guy playing with himself, <laughs> it gets picked up by like, it goes viral. You know, once they shared it. All the neighboring towns shared it. Uh, Fox, our local Fox News ended up saying it. And must have been a slow day because they were like, they found my house. They All they knew was Glassboro Chestnut Ridge Development, which is a big, big old, you know, older development up here, five, six blocks in each direction, probably bigger, 10 blocks by 10 blocks. And the, the image of my front set, and they combed the neighborhood until they found what they thought was my house. And um, and then one night, a Thursday night, I get a knock at the door. Well, and there's a reporter standing there. He's like, I'm uh, Brad, whoever, from Fox News. Uh, you got any idea why I might be here right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I got an idea, man. Come on in, you know. Um, <laughs> Let's have so, a talk. Yeah, like, come on in. Shit. Let me get my live hat on. Um, so... So anyhow, they end up interviewing me, and um, it went up. There was a Thursday night football game on Fox, and, and some of my friends were telling me like it was it played the teaser for that during halftime or whatever. But it it caught it caught the news that night, and and then um and then they had they had reporters back in town the next morning doing follow up reports, you know, man on the street kind of action, um, and then I don't know, it's probably a month later or three weeks or whatever uh, uh live pd ended up running with the story too live pd i love i love live pd mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a secret obsession of mine yeah that's people ask me to go out on friday saturday nights i'm like nah can't live pd's on <laughs> live pd's on sorry i'll be uh on my couch watching live pd yeah so long story short with that um they never arrested anybody for it um they did come back after the live pd uh they they did get a hit uh a tip 
and they followed up on it and they came to my house with a mugshot of a guy who I think is it, but the car doesn't match up. And there's nothing else that can tie him to us or why he would be out here. There's like nothing. But he's also like, he's naked and he's wearing high heels in the video. Where were you coming from? And it was Sunday morning. In a college town. Like, it's not like. It was was 540 on a Sunday morning. What the hell? (laughs) Oh, he's going to church to pray or what is he doing? I don't think Jesus is letting him in. Like, Uh, mm -mm. he needs Jesus. You were born in a birthday suit, but you cannot come in here without some pants on, sir. Like, no. Nah, uh-uh. Jesus said, go home. <laughs> no. no way. Okay. So, one more thing. And that was my best story of 2019. <laughs> that, was, that was the best. One more thing, and then one more thing. Okay. Somebody, somebody spent some big time money on the name Brian the Carpenter, right? From what we're, like, you were given that name. Because of the profession. Money. Yeah, when we started the, the thing, you know, Mike works with some marketing people and different different things like that. Like, yes, that's what I do. Um, and somewhere they they said they needed to brand some things, and they gave me that name. Um, I didn't I, – I mean, I was never called that before then. I was called a lot of things, but that wasn't one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, they just came out with – I really don't – didn't like it or I don't know but it is what it is so people call me now well it's been shortened uh, to BTC that's much better than yeah yeah, it's still kind of corny but what are you gonna do hey (laughs) branding branding yep 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 I mean he was right it sucks yeah it does it did for sure yep for sure and if I need a contractor I'm definitely calling you I don't care how much it costs because no, right. Phenomenal. I know you should see the bar I'm building in my garage right now. Dang, I can't wait. So to I have see a it. place to sit and drink by myself. <laughs> stare <laughs> and your at the wall. Now I got a better looking wall to stare at. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You and your wife can enjoy the bar. All right. So one piece of advice you'd give to someone before we wrap your story up here. Who is the someone? Anyone. Eric the intern. Uh, <laughs> one? I've given Eric... Uh, okay, I've had more father-son talks with Eric over the last three years than I did my own kids. Okay, uh, maybe love not. Eric. Love Eric. He's, he's, he's my buddy. And, uh, he's soon as this kid. shit cuts... Yeah, as soon as this cuts... I, to be honest, to plug what he's doing right now... Um, I encourage anybody listening to go follow the Uncle Larry's. If you're if you're into YouTube, you like watching fishing videos on YouTube. Follow Uncle Larry's Outdoors. It is, in my opinion, the best fishing related YouTube content out there right now. That coming from a guy who doesn't watch anything else, so I take it for what it is. But I absolutely love what him and his buddies are doing. They just, they just get out and fish they and it's 100 percent real they you know looking on a map looking on their google earth on their phone finding a blue dot finding some water and just saying let's just go you know ah, you know what we didn't find up in here let's drive two hours that way you know over over hills through fields places that 
you know, never heard of, never been to. They don't always catch them, but they do catch them. And, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Eric, Eric's editing is really jumped another level. Um, his ability to tell a story through his edits is really jumped. It's, it's, I freaking love it. I love what they're doing. I love his edits. It's, it's outstanding. I wish he was still, still down here with us, but you know, he's, had some other things he wanted to roll to. So. He found his calling. He still love him and support him. And yeah, mm-hmm. he found his passion, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't a hundred percent in on everything here, you know, and, and for Eric, he can't fake nothing. He has to be a hundred percent in just to, just to keep, just to keep, you know, keep it all to get together. So, um, it's working for him and, and I would encourage him to, to continue with that. Um, so there you go. That's that's for her. <laughs> keep grinding, man. Keep keep doing it. Love you. Don't Eric don't let up. Yeah, it's for all you Eric the interns out there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, chase chase your thing. You know, I, I don't know. For me, it's always been a work harder. You know, kind of a deal. But for some people, they they make sacrifices to follow their dreams too. So. You know, that, that, that works for people too. But I can tell you, Mike isn't where he is based off of talent alone. He's the hardest working person I know. Everything he's ever done in his life has been goal oriented. You know, it, everything, you know, the college classes he took well before he was professional angler geared towards marketing, everything he did, every time he went fishing, it was geared towards an upcoming tournament or, or related to that or everything he did it's always goal oriented there's always there's no wasted time with him no wasted movements no wasted efforts it's all towards towards a goal towards a purpose and um and that's that's why he's where he's at you know i I think he's a phenomenal fisherman but i think there's there's better out there there's guys that are you know more instinctual and and you know mike's just there because he he, he wants it more. He works harder, yeah. you know. And, um, so. For sure. Ain't no rest for the wicked. Is that what they say? That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. That's all I have. Unless you got more for. No, I mean, uh, uh, we just, our last show, last uh, Sunday night, we had the president of the American Sport Fishing Association on, Mr. Glenn Hughes. We also had Mark Daniels on. I encourage anybody to go back and give that stuff a listen, even if the audio wasn't at its peak level. It was um, But I'm working on that. We've got some hiccups since coming back from the classic. Our classic content was awesome, too, man. We got some great stuff. We had, we had, we had some pop-in guests, just some stuff that you could never imagine, you could never script. But, um, but we had Glenn Hughes on, and we, you know, ASA is who puts on iCast and I don't know about you, but that's about the funnest week of the year for me. <laughs> I love iCast. I work my ass off down there, but yep. I get to be around so many cool people. It's a reunion of old friends and um, all the cool people that, you know, I've met and become friends with in the industry. Absolutely love it. Get to go to Florida for a week, have a great time, work hard, make some money and, uh, and make some memories. So love iCast and I, God, I hope that still happens this year. Mm-hmm. I hope so too. Mm-hmm. It will. 
We'll be over this hump in no time. G- give it a minute. <clears throat> we all kind of needed a little bit of a timeout. I mean, I know it sucks, and everybody's kind of complaining, and like, you know. I think you're right, Michelle. I I, I think you're right. Um, my wife has never been more relaxed, and even though she stresses money big time, sure, and this is a stressful time. The amount of time she's getting home. She's getting to spend at home with the kids right now yeah. is like incredible. And the amount of times we, you know, we sit around at night and, and, and watch a movie or play a board game and work on a project. Like, you know, we're, I, I, I've had this garage for 20 years, 24, 20, 20, almost 24 years. And it was full of construction stuff until this past year. I cleaned it out. I put my boat in here. Now I'm putting a bar in here. I got a whole section in the back for Logan, my, my musician son. He also likes to work on bikes. So he's got a whole bicycle chop shop in the back where he's, you know, we're having fun. He's taking tires off of this one, putting them on that one. He just got a motor for the one bike. We were mounting it before you called. We were mounting the motor to it, a little electric motor, and, you know, changing the wheels, putting different size wheels on, just making goofy. Dude, last week he took two bikes and put them together took the front tire off of one bike and bolted the fork to the back where the back tire is on the other bike and made a double bike. What do they call that? Yeah. Tandem? The tandem, yeah. That's sweet. We tried to ride it with two people. Didn't work too well, <laughs> but I was able to ride it with one person and, and nobody and nobody on the front seat. So that All was right. cool. We're so getting somewhere. Just going, yeah, so like just getting really good family time. And, and like mm-hmm. you said, like we, we, we kind of needed this reset. I'm yep. seeing, I'm not, I, the news is banned in my house. We don't have cable anymore. So I'm not seeing all the negativity good. that the news is pumping forth. I hear about it from some people. Mm-hmm. I also clean out my Facebook feed of anybody that, mm-hmm. that that's their mm-hmm. life. Oh boy. Well, I appreciate you. I'm going to have to do a lot yeah. of editing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn how to edit. This will be the first you know one I've had to edit. Huh. I, I suggest no editing. Why? I feel like we needed a little bit of editing. We don't want all uh, this stuff. You do what here. you want to do. Like live doesn't edit, and sometimes it may be painfully long. But you I don't know, think it's painfully long. Yeah. Well, you do what you want to do. I'm just saying we don't edit one because I'm not spending the time to do it, nor do I know how to do it. And two, because as that, as the consumer, I want to know exactly, I want to know the whole conversation, not, you know, if I want to know something about somebody, I want to know all of it, not what they decided, not what the producer or, or the sponsor wanted me to hear. I want to hear it all. So I'm just saying as a general rule of thumb, that's just how I operate. I, I want to, and sometimes, you know, there's parts of our show that go way sideways and things that are boring or whatever but it it oftentimes like you know i tell mike and pete like hey you know we're going to stick this out until we get the good stuff you know i don't want to cut a conversation short because of the clock we're not held to the clock you know i want them to go until they get what they can get out of the guest you know sometimes it takes a little longer because we're not barbara walters over there you know (laughs) That's true. Sometimes it does take a minute. You're right. Well, I mean, I have no sponsors, so I can't really say that somebody's pushing me to have a certain topic. I mean, this 
this yeah. one episode yeah, some, was some brought to you by the bit. three Coronas I drank during. <laughs> did, did, were you drinking? Corona. It's brought to what? you by Corona. That's very topical. Yeah, I know. I thought it was very fitting. Apparently, they're not I making I think I'm going to have a shot of this here tin cup whiskey. Oh. Which, uh, yeah. All right. Which I am. I'm learning to uh, I'm learning to like this. I usually like my whiskey to be chilled and on ice, but I met these guys at the Classic. Um, he actually came over with Dion Hibden. He sponsors Dion Hibden. Okay. And um, and we interviewed him. And he uh, and he also sponsors now the Straight Cast podcast, which is cool. Sweet. Even though those guys don't drink, and I would be a much better fit for them. Uh, in case they're, in case they're listening, but. Um, but no, it comes with a little tin uh, shot cup on, on top of a little tin shot cup, which is pretty rad. Oh, wow. And that's then, cool. Yeah. And then I do a bunch of shots and then I grab my jig rod and, and try to get it in the cup. So I'll and be doing that later tonight, Trump. Cool. Sounds like a good night to me. Salute. Cheers to you. All right, Michelle. It's been real, kid. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Talk to you soon, and and uh, definitely going to see you at ICAST in July in we'll Florida. Be there with bells on. Yeah, that's right. Fingers Let's crossed. Go. All right, Michelle. All right, later, Gator. See you, kid. Bye. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Somebody paid big money for the name Brian the Carpenter. We appreciate having him on. We can't wait to talk to our next guest. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Feedback is always welcomed and appreciated. Please do me a favor and like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. I cannot wait to share with you our next story. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop me a line and let's get to know them together. Later, Gators.